Okay, we're recording, and this may or may not ever make it live, um, but we're definitely going to sync up. So, like what's it. going on this week? Um, so, I am cutting back from three cups of coffee a day to two. That's my big news. <laughs> oh, wow. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like <laughs> it. <laughs> it used to be two cups of coffee a day, and then occasionally a third cup of coffee. And then the occasionally a third cup of coffee became every day a third cup of coffee. So you lose that additional <laughs> jolt from the third cup. Yep. So I have to re-baseline it too, so then I can reintroduce my third cup of coffee some days. This seems reasonable. When you need that jolt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's my my big plan. And I, I got my you, new um, oh, I've been doing that with that third cup of coffee. I was like yeah. on your, your old schedule. I'm kinda on that now, where I'm like Oh, I kind of want that. I want to like the two cups of coffee. It just like feels like an, I feel like normal. Like I, I required to drink those two cups of coffee. So if I want to actually feel like, yeah, exciting coffee feeling. Uh, yeah, it requires that third cup. Something that I do is, uh, all of the coffee that I drink at home is half calf. So oh, I can that's drink interesting. pretty much as, as much as you want, much as I want, which is, <laughs> That's like, that's what I want to do. I want to be drinking coffee, but I don't want to, you know, overdo it and cross the boundary. So everything that we have here is half-calf and we just get uh, decaf and regular and then grind them together. I like it because I actually yeah. really like the taste of coffee. So it makes I know. me so, it's fun to drink coffee. It's just fun. I've tried to slow down by drinking tea after my first mm. cup before my second cup. And that's some, that's some BS. I'm, like, I'm bored just thinking same. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> um, well, that's exciting. That's exciting. And I got my new MacBook. Oh, that's great. Those what did you M1, go with? Presumably. It is. It's the new one that's really just the old one from 10 years ago. It's I like know. Real solid. It's got all the ports. It's lovely. So hopefully that will... 14 or 16? 16. 16. Um, but I haven't set it up yet because I need some dedicated time to do that. Yeah. So I think I may be in the minority. I just got a new one as well. And I got the 14 inch and I may be in the minority of developer users, but I just use the migration assistant to basically one-to-one copy it. And I just like, I let it run overnight and I started my new computer in the morning and it worked and I've been yeah. working on it ever since. So I could theoretically do that because we keep I keep full backups of everything to transfer mm-hmm. computers. But I know I've got like 25 versions of Ruby installed that I've mm-hmm. never cleaned up. I have like four versions of Postgres. Like I have all this stuff from legacy mm. years that I've just never cleaned up. So conceptually, I like the idea of getting a perfect clean install just the things i'm using right now yeah that's my sounds my painful thought. but i well, agree it, it is painful like just the other day i wanted to use it for the internet and it, it's all the little stuff like it doesn't have divi so I, you know just all those little mm-hmm. things that you're so used to as part of your workflow that you're like oh yeah and then i need this and i need this but yep. i'm gonna try it this weekend see how it goes okay um something that i've recently discovered is an app called db engine it's by so I, the people that do Table Plus. I was just say, okay, tell me about it. It um, it's a Mac only app. It's db, the letter n g i n dot com, db n gin, and it's a uh, it handles um, MySQL, Postgres, and Redis, 
and it will let you start multiple different versions on multiple different ports. Um, and it like downloads in the background, it handles all of that. And so you don't have to use, um, you don't have to use homebrew and it does support, I think for both, maybe for all three, it supports the M one chip without Rosetta or whatever the slow thing is. Um, so this is now what I use instead of homebrew, because homebrew and my I, I don't know people complain about homebrew so i downloaded db engine and it works amazingly i've been using docker for my databases like i just yeah that's totally viable too i just it? have okay. never used <laughs> i've never used docker and i i hopefully won't have to but <laughs> yeah i don't know anything about docker other than to like copy paste the command that i use every Same. time i need a yeah. new database with a different version <laughs> ooh Same. speaking of databases I got some sample. I got some some real data. Oh, good. <gasps> nice. Great. So that's super That's exciting. exciting. How much? Yep. Um, just the events table. Just like a, a sampling of the events table. But it helps me, as we were talking about, I think last week, some of the challenges are like, how are these models even going to be related? No one really knows. So now I have real data so I can figure it out. So that's cool. That's exciting. Nice. Yeah. But it's not like a, it's, it's not like millions or or billions of rows yet? No. No. Okay. I mean, I didn't look, but I don't think it's that big. No. It would have killed my computer if it was. <laughs> so. Oh, you're running it locally. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just a, it's just a snippet. Uh, I thought are, maybe they were like actually populating their their database. Um, that we are talking about. There is like a thread of discussion about we're how we're going to start. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start um, load testing the SQL stuff. So we'll see how that goes. That's the big, exciting, exciting thing I'm looking forward to. <laughs> that is big and exciting. Fingers crossed on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> a year later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What version of MySQL are they running? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. I'd be curious. Um, yeah, so I've been working on the front end, and that is getting, you know, excruciatingly close. So it's great. Like workable. I got um, Veterans Day tomorrow. I have that off, and so I plan on oh, nice. working on that. Um, and then this, and then this weekend, and I, I don't know. I'm like, fingers crossed. We're like, maybe this weekend is a possibility. Ooh, like amazing. where we have like the the inline errors, and I don't know if I'll get to making it into a a package, but maybe I will because like I already did it once. So yeah, and I think it's already set up. So maybe that won't be too bad. So this is the view front end. Yeah. And you've been talking about making a headless component for this. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Because oh, what I okay. think so, that means is probably not what that... I think that means a JavaScript engine that like hooks into whatever they design. So It's kind of what that means. Pretty, that's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty close analogy. Um, right, so... <sighs> Like when you're building a UI, there are parts of your code that are like, I guess we could call it business logic. So it depends on like how deep you are into the single page application world. Some people have a lot of business logic in their actual like JavaScript code, right? Okay. Um, but let's call it, let's call it business logic. But, but really it's about like managing state. So like most component libraries like the the general framework of a component library is 
you have some state which represents everything in your application and then a way to manage updating the state and then turning that into like something you see visually. Right. Um, and then the components are kind of typically how you like bind the state to an, a visual output. So also in frameworks, they separate these jobs. So like spitting out the actual visual updates uh, is done separately than like the state updates. It's like MVC kind of same. It's not MVC, but it's like the same idea where you like each bit of code has its own job. Um, Not as cleanly separated, but essentially that's the idea. And so then each framework offers their own way of doing this and sometimes multiple ways of doing this. So for example, in React, the way they do this is you peel out the business logic that like logic around updating the state uh, and making API calls and all that stuff, you peel that out into something called hooks. Those run entirely separate from like the rendered output. Uh, and then, so you can pull in a hook into multiple components. So you could write a hook that like goes and fetches some data from an API and then set some state in your component. You can use that hook in whatever component you want. If there are, you know, you can abstract, so you like it gives you various levels of abstraction to build tools for other developers to use. If you like on a team, I'm like, I want everybody to make API calls like this. There's a hook. You use that hook. And then you like update the stuff that you need, like maybe the URL or whatever. Uh, and then in Vue, Vue has two different ways of doing this. The sort of like classic way, something called a renderless component. So it's a component that doesn't actually render any markup but it if you put it into an if you if you render the renderless component in another component that renderless component can basically give you that that of the rent the now rendering component it can give you um methods to call inline because like the way view works is in in your you create methods on your component and then in your template, you call the methods directly. Kind of like old school JavaScript, you know, where you, you used to be like on click and then inline there's this method and it does this thing. It looks a lot like that. And so you're calling these methods, the methods update, that's the thing that updates the state. That's okay. the code that does that job. So basically the renderless component is just this bag of methods. Here's the methods that you can use to update state. You can then go ahead and do whatever you want with what this, what I give you back. Um, and, and render it however you want. So you would render the renderless component in your component and then via the slot mechanism in Vue, it's particular to Vue, it gives you these methods. The other thing in Vue, and we use both, there's this new thing called the composition API, which is a lot closer to hooks in React. So, but it's kind of like, in the end of the day, it gives you the same ability to pull out this like state updating logic from the rest of your code. And every single thing in our view front end is built on top of both of these, um, both of these concepts in a way that's meant to like enable front end developers to like build their own UIs with it. Got it. So if I'm a front end, if I'm a developer designer and I want to create a drop down, I can style it however I want. And then, your renderless component renders inside that and I can listen to the callbacks kind yeah, of so like, close yeah, enough. exactly. Like, like that would be like just changing styles 
that's a thing that like view is really good at actually it's you can just pass in a class you could just do we're all tailwind so like just tweaking styles is is easy and that's more likely we'll do that with you know small tweaks like hey i want to add an icon etc we'll do that with prop we'll do that props um and like configuration stuff that we pass into the component it would be more like um so like for our stuff you know we have like um uh, different types of inputs. So we have like a text input, number input, date input. So our date input uses a date picker. So they don't like it. So they can just trash the whole thing and just like plug in their own date picker. Got it. And all they have to do is pull in the UI piece. They don't have to figure out how to like connect it all up to every, all of the other stuff that we have. Um, so, so it's, it's like a, it's, you can like completely rewrite our front end from whole cloth, but then reuse all our state logic. Got it. Very cool. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. And then very, very flexible for yeah. people who have particular UI needs or, you know, implementation needs, which yeah, and like I, a lot of I people sh- will. I showed you that react. Um, I showed you that react component for query builder, like the react query builder. Mm-hmm. And you know how terrible that was. Like the UI, I mean, it's like the bar is real low. I mean, it's not yeah. terrible. I'm sure. I'm sure they, those guys made a great you know tool. But like, I'm looking at that. I'm comparing it to ours, and I'm like, wow, ours is significantly better. And you know, connected to this awesome backend thing, <laughs> like it's way better as an offering. If we did a React React version, you know, it would, be, it would also be better. But that's just the builder part. They do not have this other thing that I have built in, which is like. Yeah, you could use these standalone queries. You don't actually have to do it as a builder. Like, you can, because like right now it's like okay, we in some cases you want to give a user the full power of build an entire query, uh, but in some cases you want them to just like only be able to filter on one one property. And so, the way ours works is the front end developer has total flexibility to to do that. Like, we're we're. We're not quite there, but essentially the way it'll work is like you can uh, eventually you just drop in the filter. I mean, it almost works this way now, but like basically you could drop in a filter and that that injects a little um, mini DSL for building queries into the front end that you could just use based on the configured like um, thing that we get at from from Aaron's back end. So this configuration file drops in and then instead of having to like build a query with the query builder, I could just write view components that say like um the condition name the condition like and this stuff is just they're just components in the dom already so you could just write it out and then it renders the same as the query builder so all that work that you do there renders or you can you know obviously completely make it look like whatever you want with all the other tools we give so that is way more powerful than any of the other query builders that i've that i've seen and I think that's the one where we decided that's probably f- faceted search. Like your the the uh, static mode is really really helpful for faceted search, where they have like a whole list of static filters down one side versus you can build up a filter row or a query row by row by row. It's going to be yeah. super useful for static search. Yeah. So say you do all this work on your query builder, building custom input types. You know, because we just do dates, but like. There's all kinds of other things you might want to select for um, and build custom selectors for. So you do all this work and then you want to, you're on a page and you want to just reuse the same 
stuff and like reuse the same query running logic in the back end that with all our optimizations and stuff that we have, like you can just do that. So it's not two different tools. You don't have a faceted search that looks like this or like a one-off, you know, filter that you've thrown on a modal somewhere or whatever. Like you, you you're all use, using the same stuff. Is that more than you bargained for, Colleen? No, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> like that's great. Yeah, so we're not we're not launching with that. We're launching with just the builder. Um, we call it builder mode, and you know, not is builder mode what, is there under it, but is that what I think of when I think of what I'm doing when you say builder mode? Yeah, the Hotwire version is only builder mode. Yeah. Okay. It's much simpler, but yeah, but also they have already asked for stuff which would basically require built non builder mode. <laughs> so, you know, that's. Uh, But I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like uh, that the the open source thing, I think will actually get a little more traction than I thought based on that kind of like mediocre project. I see. It. I feel bad if anybody that wrote that is listening to. <laughs> like it's good. It's really good. <laughs> but it's you know, we just have we just have a lot more features than ours. So Aaron, well, I am. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you what's been going on with you. So I'm traveling with the children. Uh, we're going to Virginia for a wedding. So we're going to be flying with two six-month-olds tomorrow. So I'll be super offline. Um, <laughs> if you need something from me, tough luck. <laughs> I will have no hands. Um, so, yep, just getting ready for that. Apparently, it's a huge amount of logistics to travel with babies that young. So we're uh, yes, yes, getting all is. of that sorted. Um, yeah, I think it will be fun. It's like our first wedding, you know, since the before times. So that's going to be nice. Um, on other stuff, I wrote a um, I wrote a MySQL post. I think yesterday or the day before about querying um, based on location, which is something we have to do at work, obviously, because we're a property tax company. We have to, you know, search for houses near other houses. And um, I thought, okay, I need to start, like I need to start um, kind of branding myself as a database expert too. And so I, you know, found this one part in our application where I think I had done something clever and productive and wrote about it and it's and then shared it on Twitter and it's been going great. I was just, I'm super pleased. Like right now it's got 82 retweets and 320 likes. And I'm just like, this is amazing. And so I'm really, really happy with that. I think I'm going to try to start writing more stuff like that to get my, um, database bona fides out there as well. Um, I was contacted by, oh, he said it on his, uh, by Jack Ellis from Fathom. I was going to keep it private, but he said it on his podcast. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, to see if I could help them with some of their database stuff. Um, because, he asked someone else in the Laravel community, Hey, who do you know that does databases? And they said me. And so that's a good awesome. thing. Yeah. Um, that seems like a huge thing. Yeah. So like, yeah, if I could, and he asked me, you know, how would you do something? And I was like, 
I would probably try it this way. And he was, and I did it in like a couple minutes and he was like blown away. He's like, how did you learn all this stuff? And it's like, maybe I know more than I'm giving myself (laughs) credit for. (laughs) And so that's when I was like, I need to start publicizing this. So I wrote after that, I wrote this um, blog post and I also submitted a talk proposal for Laracon online um, about database indexes. So I called it database indexes for the rest of us because for the rest of us, everybody loves that crap. Um, Yep. So hopefully I can talk there um, if they accept it. And then beyond that, obviously it would be Laracon in person would be the next ideal spot. Um, But in pursuit of that, I also, I also bought like six books on my sequel and, um, I don't think I bought any on Postgres actually, but the, bought a bunch of books on my sequel and have been struck by, so this is the way I originally learned programming when I was a kid. I bought books on ASP.net. The, I remember the name of it. It was ASP.net unleashed. Um, and my brother made fun of me so for that. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so this is how I like this is how I learned to program was by reading these big old whatever they're called O'Reilly books, and I haven't done it in a long time. I just kind of have been picking stuff up, and I've been really struck by reading books again. How it's gonna sound so stupid. How helpful they are, <laughs> because like when I'm on when I'm searching online, I feel like I'm um, like I'm a detective. And I'll read a blog post and then have to deduce, like, is this trustworthy? Is this accurate? Is this timely? And then also, okay, well, he said these, you know, these other six words. I don't know. I don't know what those words are. Now I got to go find blog posts on those things and, like, read about those things. Whereas when I'm reading these books, it's, like, structured and laid out and organized and comprehensive and, you know, written by my sequel maintainers and I'm just it's just such um all my mental capacity is going to understanding the concept and not like trying to figure out what parts they're leaving out and if I can trust this person and if this is actually true or it's just some person on the internet so turns out books highly recommended I feel that like, I love that you said that because I feel the same way. It's so frustrating, especially once you're pretty good at something Mm -hmm. to try and learn something else. Because most of the people who are writing about it on the internet don't know it as well as you do. And so you know that they're either wrong or don't have like full context. Yeah. Um, I second. I love that. I love that feeling. There's these like the moments in your career. They're sort of, it's sort of like a cyclic almost where you're like okay i really need to be an expert on this and then you go get the pile of books and then you know you're just like reading 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 yeah uh, yeah that's i love it i'm having so too. much fun that's the way that i right now have learned that stuff in the past too yeah when jack reached out to me and was like hey can i can i pay you to help us with some fathom database stuff i was like yeah definitely like based on your response it seems like i you know, I may be able to help you, but also I feel like I should like have a little bit more formal knowledge, whether that's true or not, you know, I don't know, but it, to me, it felt like I should buy some books and like really bone up on this stuff. And I'm so glad I did. I'm having a blast and it's already proven like 
outsized usefulness. I got more from reading, skimming one of these books than I've gotten from reading blogs in the past, you know, two years. It's great. I love it. So that's what I've been up to. Um, Awesome. I talked with Keith last week um, about the stuff I had been working on. And again, I'm picking up on a theme here. Again, I told him like, dude, I don't know if I'm being that helpful. Like, here's what I've been doing. Here's like, here's where I'm at right now. And here's how much time I've spent on it. Do you want me to like keep going? And he was like, this is insane. This is worth way more. I don't know how you did this in 40 hours. Like you're a machine. I've been working on this for two years. I was like, oh, okay. Like that makes me feel better. I feel like the stuff I'm doing is really helping. And he's like, yes, absolutely. It's helping. Please keep going. So I haven't had a ton of free time this week to work on it. It's only Wednesday. Um, but I am still working on that and he is, he is pleased with it so far. So that's, that's great. That front. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Made me that's feel awesome. I walked in, I yeah. walked in after talking to Keith and started talking to Jennifer and was like, this is the two times, two times in one week, the exact same thing. Like I can give you an answer. I can give, you know, Keith or Jack an answer, show them what I've been doing and feel like it's nothing. And they both come back and they're like, this is insane. I freaking love it. It's like, I may need to calibrate a little bit better here. (laughs) So I'm working on that. (laughs) And I think it's, I don't know if it's, Sean, I'd be curious your take on this. I don't know if it's being raised evangelical. I still am evangelical, but being raised evangelical to be taught, like, don't be proud um, and, like, be humble. But I definitely think I could be a little bit more, I could be a little bit more confident in my abilities. I don't know if it's from those roots or if it's just, like, an internal thing in myself, but there's something there where it's, like, Dude, you know what you're talking about. Just like own it. Don't be so afraid of it. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that might be. I, I, yeah, I wonder if there's the there's definitely like a trend in that community to think like that for sure. Um, to be to be humble, which humility is good. Right, uh, but then I sometimes wonder if that isn't misconstrued for like, like there's there's being humble, and then there's being confident, and the two are compatible. <laughs> right, uh, but but the message of continuous message of like you must be humble is not necessarily compatible with confidence. Uh, so I could see that. For, yeah, you know, for me, I was just thinking about this because I had we're to uh, work. All we're talking about is compensation because I'm I'm like f- in charge of figuring out how our, what our compensation strategy is going to be. Like we're having five developers right now and like trying to and probably, you know, there's I mean, we could be hiring more, you know, next year too, like really fast. And so it's kind of like, oh, we need to have this whole we need to have a little more apparatus in place for like how we think about <laughs> how we level people, you know, all that stuff. We have none of it. So I have to make it all up. And, uh, I've been having conversations with people and it reminded me of like, we were talking about bonuses. And so when I was at Accenture, I did this 
I had this first year where I just killed myself. Like I worked so much and I made these massive contributions as like a 23 year old to these projects, like very significant contributions to these projects, including intellectual property that I generated, like kind of invented for project management stuff that problems we were having that they went on and then sold, you know, for like half a million bucks to Comcast. Mm -hmm. And I knew about all this and they're telling me that. And like, what I got out of it was they like took me out to PF Chang's for dinner (laughs) and they, (laughs) they sent Beth a box of wine to say, thank you for letting us borrow Sean. We still joke about that. The box of wine. wine. (laughs) And then I got, I got a bonus. I got a $5,000 bonus. And I was, I mean, it's 5,000 bucks, yeah, but also I was like, I worked hundred hour weeks multiple yeah. times and not only the hours, yeah. but like, like just my margins on the hours were enough yeah. to like, like tr- <laughs> justify more than that. But like, also like I made significant contributions to major projects and like saved a gigantic project almost single-handedly. And I got a $5,000 <laughs> check. Like the meanwhile, the partners are, you know, just like collecting these, Buying I, I help them hit these goals where they get yep. these big bonuses. And so to, okay. So for me at that point, then the message, like, I was just doing the work and then expecting that like, yeah, people will notice and then I'll get, uh, you know, correctly, you know, compensated and that's the right thing to do. And I don't need to brag. I don't right. need to, you know, talk about myself just doing the work. Uh, and that's great. I mean, I th- it's like, that's a good attitude, but also like in the world of business, it, that's when I realized like I'm making a contribution to your profit and like pay me. Yeah, <laughs> I've always been like that since that moment when I'm like, all right, if I'm making a significant, con- so I've never been shy about like being confident about what my abilities are. And then the since then, and then the, you know, uh, compensation and like where that should be. That's always been easier for me since then. Cause I was like, no, that's not fair. Man, <laughs> what, a, what a good lesson to learn at 23. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. sitting here at 32 being like, oh, you should be more confident. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you're, you know, it's like, I'm always, I, we've had this conversation, you know, a lot of times or it's like, I think sometimes I make people uncomfortable, you know, being like, you know, you charge more like, yeah. And it's because like you are contributing directly to like the money that they're making. Like you, it, it doesn't make any sense to be like worried about, your rate you should figure out what's the what's the what's the rate that makes sense to them as a business investment what's right. the most amount that you could charge and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that but it does go against this like humility don't brag about yourself don't talk about yourself but it's it kind of it feels like that i don't think it does though because it's more like i actually appreciate when i'm interacting with someone that has a business mindset and knows like where their contribution is because then it's like it's a much purer conversation yeah like for sure. mm-hmm. we just know what we're doing like yeah yeah and i think it's hard for me to do that to go super strong into that on the business side and then not do that on the personal side because i don't want to just oh. like run over people personally and that you know is not as not something I, I do. And then that carries over into business where I'm just like, Oh, well let's, let's just like, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, you know, I'm glad you think that it's like, no, I know what I'm doing. 
So it's kind of like bifurcated between business and personal. Yeah, like know? I know like gentleness, kindness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like where do those fit to business? <laughs> right. Exactly. I think when I think it's easy for me to know when that fits. So like dealing dealing with um people that are interacting with me as a business profit center, mm-hmm. like kindness and gentleness have nothing to do with it. <laughs> but then if I'm coming up with if I'm going the other way where I'm interacting with people like as a as the boss or like the right. owner, like some of it goes some of it, you know, like they're not my, they're not my peers. I'm not hiring them as like, um, like employees, like the employee relationship, especially. So it's like right. when what's you're the in the comedy power, like it's comedy, you should punch up, not down. I think it's mm-hmm. the same rule. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that. So that's, what's been going on with me. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. Also we did, uh, we did, the um, individual pursuit nights we scheduled them so monday monday and wednesday we each did individual pursuits and it was great it was like i know like i know that these nights i'm just gonna do stuff and jennifer's happy doing her stuff and then the other nights we're like hanging out together it was great i loved it awesome good idea that's all for me colleen do you have anything nope Cool, it's wrap. I want to tell you about job stuff, but I don't want to record it on the podcast. Okay, so long, friends.